brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. We have talked about it forever. Dark Side of the Ring, one of the best TV shows out there on Vice TV. This week, their season premiere, season two premiere. Season one was an absolute smash hit. Season two is no doubt going to be just like that. The premiere episode, talking about Chris Benoit murder-suicide. Joining us on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline, he's one of the executive producers, and he is the writer for Dark Side of the Ring, Evan Husney. Follow him on Twitter, at Evan Husney, and you can follow everything with Dark Side of the Ring at Dark Side of Ring on Twitter. Evan, how are you, man? Good. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Thanks for giving us some of your time. I, I want to kind of let's let's go to the series itself. What led to the mm-hmm. birth of this series? Because this has been one of the biggest hits as far as wrestling programming goes. This has one, been one of the biggest hits uh, in recent memory. Oh wow! Um, well, I mean, it 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 started with uh, my friend Jason Eisner, who worked on the show with me, and we 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 uh, created this together. Um, we've been friends for over ten years. <clears throat> and we come from the film world, but we bonded together over our love of wrestling that extends like far back into our childhood. And so, you know, life kind of took us to different places. He had directed feature films and um, I was working at Vice. I was just producing, you know, web documentaries at Vice and they were starting a TV channel. And we had just, like Jason and I had just kind of reimmerse ourselves in wrestling content we were watching like shoot interviews like crazy and passing them around and just and that's how we stumbled across the 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 uh, bruiser Brody story um and that just was a huge eye-opener for us because it was like wow this is a is a wild nuanced story with a lot of different elements here and it felt really ripe for rediscovery and it felt like something we could really you know sink into and um the kind of idea for it was like if we took if we covered that story, and um, we took our inspiration, which was uh, from this like seminal documentary film called The Thin Blue Line by by um, Errol Morris, and we're like, what if we told like this like stories from the wrestling world, kind of in the stylish framework of The Thin Blue Line, and really elevated it to be something just you know beyond, and and so because we really hadn't seen wrestling get that kind of a treatment. So that was kind of the idea, and then we we kind of embarked on it, just thinking we would do one, just so that that we would do this Bruce Brody documentary, and that would be it. And then, um, of course, uh, we pitched it to the channel, and then they were like, "Well, do you have any other stories you could cover?" And then uh, we just kind of put it together, and like, yeah, wrestling is there, there are there are no shortage of fascinating stories in that world. So we just put it together, and we shot the Bruce Brody thing as a pilot, 
uh, in 2017. And then a couple months later, after it was finished, we were off to the races doing season one. And now we're here for season two. I, you know, the Bruiser Brody episode was so fascinating and I, I knew a lot. I had heard some of the stories and ironically, right. uh, that last year, uh, so we are, we are partners with the professional wrestling hall of fame in Wichita Falls, Texas. And we had, oh, wow. and we had Abdullah the butcher there because he was getting inducted and <laughs> we talked about that. We talked about that episode about Bruiser Brody and it was, it was interesting to hear. I mean, he kind of repeated some of the same stuff that he'd said in the documentary. So it was kind of fascinating to watch that season one was absolutely just, uh, it was incredible with the Bruiser Brody documentary, you know, here in Texas. We hit home big time with the mm. Von Eric episode as well as the Gino Hernandez episode. Yeah. Was there was there something that surprised you doing those season one episodes? Something that came out that maybe uh, you didn't expect to to find out? Yeah, there's a couple of things. Um, I would say like two of like there's like two two big ones. Um, one was I mean it's definitely a nuanced one, but when we were doing the Montreal Screwjob episode, obviously a story that's been told many, many, many times before. But it was a story we wanted to highlight because we did engineer, you know, this whole show to be accessible for people who aren't, you know, major wrestling fans like us. And it is an important story in the history of wrestling. And it really helps non-wrestling fans understand how the business kind of works behind the scenes and what it means to be a champion and everything like that. So that's why we did it. But we weren't expecting you know, Jim Cornette, who's a regular on season one and two, we didn't expect him to kind of use that as his opportunity to be like, all right, well, I was the person that pitched the actual spot, um, the actual compromising position that uh, Brett was put in, um, you know, um, in order to get the title off of him. So that was his first time he had aired that out to the world, which was really cool. And I didn't know that when we flew all the way out there to interview him. So that was cool. The other one, is was is a slightly bigger in scale, but <clears throat> just was the entire Gino Hernandez episode. Um, we kind of went into that episode hoping that you know there would be a story there because we basically went into it just knowing the rumor and innuendo behind the way that he died. I mean, many people thought it was a drug overdose, but then some people thought it was a homicide. And so you know, and it, it, it's tough to go into like a documentary just based on a rumor. But that's kind of what we did. And then to our surprise, we just found that, wow, that story, the rabbit hole was much, much, much deeper than we had ever hoped. And every day in the office, it felt like, you know, some new little detail was being discovered. It was a pretty exciting time. I can agree with that, especially the Gina Hernandez one. I you know, I remember when he passed away and then I've heard stories from mm. a lot of the a lot of the veterans that are, that, you know, were there at the time and and I'll be honest, I you know, personally, I do think he was murdered. I think I there's just too much <laughs> yeah. there to think this was just a simple overdose. Talking with Evan Husney, the executive producer and writer for Dark Side of the Ring. Uh let me ask you this. Do you have a favorite moment from from season 1? Mine personally, uh during the Von Erich episode, I had heard, you know, I know all the stories about how all the boys died and everything. And I, I've seen every, just about every interview Kevin has done. And that was that episode. That was the first time I'd actually seen Kevin Von Erich actually break down in front of a camera talking about his brothers. Right. Was there something that spoke to you? Well, that whole experience, the the whole experience of, of being with Kevin 
um, was actually my, it was my top moment from last season because, you know, we actually didn't intend to do an episode on the Von Ericks originally. It's kind of hard to, to imagine now because it's, I, it's probably one of my favorite episodes that we've done. But the thing is, is that we we're just going to talk to him for the Geno story. And then, you know, it was like, well, he lives all the way out in Hawaii. You know, well, let's make the trip worthwhile, and maybe we should tell his story, even though it had been told so many times before. But we thought the way that we should do it is we should go out to on his turf and, you know, on his compound and spend a really good amount of time with him, which we did. We spent about two and a half, three days with him. And it was amazing because he's so welcoming, so warm, such a great guy. And his family was amazing, and he was surrounded by them, and it was just a great, like, protective force around him, and just walk, seeing him being, like, one with nature and everything, it was just a really overwhelming experience. And I felt like what really helped in terms of, you know, Kevin is we went pretty deep into everything, and it was just, I think, the experience of being around his family. And literally, I had his son, uh, I had his son, Marshall, uh, sitting next to me during the interview, helping, you know, sort of, um, you know, with prompting Kevin on certain things and, and then also, you know, cutting, cut, cut, like, you know, Marshall knew a lot about the story. He's definitely talked to his dad a lot about what's happened. And Marshall was kind of prompting me on some things that I might not even know. So that was really helpful. And I think just the dynamic of having a family kind of coming together to help Kevin and to help telling the story, I think, is what kind of made it just a little extra more, you know, emotional than it would be otherwise. You're absolutely right. Ross and Marshall both just fantastic young men. Uh, I've had the opportunity to, to talk to them on several occasions, be with them at different shows, and it is oh, great. so great. Uh, they, I am so yeah. proud of them and what they do for their dad, and it's just it's amazing watching them. Yeah. They were they were at a, a major league wrestling show in up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and it was the two of them and Kevin. And to hear that crowd, you would have thought it was 1985 back in the Sportatorium. It was it was so fantastic. That's so cool. That's so cool. So, so cool. let's yeah, – let, I love those guys. They're I know. Great. They're fantastic. Let's go to the season two in the in the, the premiere episode. Chris Benoit, uh, so many emotions that came back watching that. And, you know, the, the anger and mm-hmm. the sadness and confusion and just – just everything. What was your biggest concern putting this episode by itself together with all the different stories and the and and just the the absolutely tragic way that this story turned out? Well, for me, one of the things uh, was you know obviously when you have a show that explores these types of stories in this world, you know it's hard to ignore the Chris Benoit story. Being, being that it was just such a, it was so majorly covered. Um, and so it was something always in the back of our minds that we wanted to explore for season one, but I'm so glad we didn't because we just weren't even ready for something this massive. Um, and going into it for season two, I think the main reason that we really felt like it was important to, re- to retell was because we felt there was so much of that story that was kind of unexplored from like a, from like a processing point of view, because the story was, became so taboo. It became the thing you just can't even talk about. And people in the industry feel like they can't talk about. And it just, it just didn't feel like there, you know, any, there weren't any constructive conversations happening around it. When I think there are a lot of things, uh, some positives and things that that like, you know, we can learn from this. 
and also empathize with as well, which I think was another thing we were seeing on, online uh, that was geared towards some of the people that you're seeing in this show. So what we wanted to do is we wanted to try and put together the show um, really from an empathetic point of view with getting all the people that this affected the most or trying to get all of the people that this affected the most and, and like kind of getting them together and having them just talk about their experience. And one thing we found in doing that is we really found that they, that they wanted to share their story. Like they had kind of kept this inside for so long and there wasn't really that, that platform to, uh, to, to really express what, you know, the, their complex feelings on it. Cause it's all very complicated. It's a very complicated story. Like, to, I, I can't even imagine putting myself in those shoes of, of like knowing somebody who had committed that crime, thinking I knew somebody, you know, well enough, and then seeing what, ha- what, where, what happened, you know, and trying to process that and come to terms with that, especially if that was your friend, if that was your brother-in-law, or if that was your father in some cases. And so that to us was, we found that this was something that people wanted to finally talk about and kind of be closing the book on it a little way, but also having like an effective catharsis afterwards. And so, so in doing that, it was like, we could only tell it if it was from that, that point of view, rather than kind of digging up old wounds just for sensational purposes, you know? And I think that we achieved that with the episode. Talking with Evan Husney, the executive producer and writer for dark side of the ring, catch it on vice TV. It's on every Tuesday night now, right? Starting, starting this week, every Tuesday night, nine, 9 PM Eastern, 8 PM central Mm -hmm. on vice TV. Um, and you're, you're right. One of the things that one of the themes that it seemed to carry was how the living victims of what Chris did, uh, how it affected them. And in particular, David Benoit, Chris's older son, as well as Nancy's sister, Sandra. Real quick, the rest of season two, you've got everything from the death of Owen Hart to New Jack from ECW to the Road Warriors, which uh, in my mind, the greatest tag team of all. Without yeah. letting anything out of the bag, Give us a little, like, a nugget of something to get excited about, besides the simple fact these are just fantastic stories told by some fantastic people. Give us a little uh, little something to uh, watch for as Season 2 continues. Yeah, I'll give you one quick, like, uh, big one, and, and, and then one quick for the fans. Um, actually, maybe two. Uh, the uh, Owen Hart episode, I think, is going to be the one that is going to be the most fascinating outside of the Benoit episode, of course, is, is really because, it, you know, this is, this is a perspective on the story that I don't think anyone's really gotten in depth, especially on camera. And the fact that, um, you know, Martha Hart and um, her children um, basically came together to want to tell this story and, uh, to, and, and then getting their whole perspective on it is definitely um, one of the things you want to look for because that, that, that is just a, uh, just really, really emotional, really moving. Um, and, um, I think to the fans, you know, like, you know, obviously there are some stories, some names that you're familiar with that are in season two, but I don't think that I certainly wasn't. And I consider myself to know a thing or two about wrestling, but I really didn't know much about the UWF and Herb Abram, um, which was an ill-fated wrestling company started by a wrestling fan. Uh, in the late 80s, early 90s, that, that turned out to be a spectacular disaster. And uh, this this episode, uh, day by day, because we're just putting the finishing touches on it, is really shaping up to be fascinating. So for those that liked the Gino Hernandez episode, one that's kind of more, you know, a, a deeper cut, shall we say, 
this Herb Abrams episode is definitely going to be that for season two. Excited for all of it. He is Evan Husney. He is the exec- executive producer and the writer for Dark Side of the Ring. Catch it Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central on Vice TV. Follow him on Twitter at Evan Husney. And you can follow the show on Twitter at Dark Side of Ring. Evan, thank you so much for your time. All the best to you. Looking forward to the rest of season two. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.